Close your eyes and let the night touch you. Feel the terror in the city below. back to Comics on Consoles, a normally monthly two-part endeavor that looks at the intersection between the capes of comic book superheroes and the controllers that connect to your game console of choice. I'm your host, Chris Clow, and it looks like I've got yet another apology to make. If you downloaded this episode of the show without reading its details, then let me explain something. This is technically our third episode, but this is not issue number three of the podcast. Because I picked a release date for issue number three that was so close to the United States Thanksgiving holiday, I didn't really think ahead concerning how much time I'd be able to devote to the 2003 Hulk game, the subject of issue number three. Basically, that time quickly amounted to zero. Because I wasn't going to be able to hit a November release date for the third issue, I instead decided to do a mailbag episode. So, I went onto the Comics on Console's social media channels and asked if any listeners had any questions they'd like me to give my perspective on over the course of a show. Um, some of you did, but unfortunately not nearly enough to actually get a full episode out of it. But that's where I have to thank a longtime friend and podcast listener, Nick from Australia, for giving me an idea. He sent me a question that made me think back to ancient history, 2003 and 4 to be exact, and think about an ad I would often see in reading Marvel comics of the time. That was the perfect impetus for diving into something that I'd never actually thought of exploring on this show, the cancelled superhero video game. Obviously, I can't devote a broadcast on Twitch to a game that never made it to the retail market, so that's where I decided to take some further inspiration from Marvel and give you this point one issue. Not exactly 10% the size of an ordinary issue, but hey, since when was a thing like issue numbering even important to Marvel anyways? How many volumes of Punisher, Captain America, and now Amazing Spider-Man have there been? If you've lost count, don't worry, a lot of people have. In regards to the epiphany I'd had courtesy of Nick, it all comes back to the question he sent me. Specifically, his question was, how do you think a character like Daredevil could be adapted into a video game? Well, it's funny you should ask, Nick. It turns out that a developer called Encore had the exact same question in the early 2000s and entered into a deal with Marvel to create a video game dedicated to Daredevil. He was riding high, kind of, after the release of his film from 20th Century Fox, so it'd make sense that the character would get a video game on the major consoles of the time, right? Well, it did, but... Ultimately, we never got to play a game that put us into the horned crimson mask of the man without fear. So what's the deal? Let's jump in and try and find out. Sometimes the best laid plans can actually lead to disaster, and in the early 2000s the Marvel Comics Hero of Hell's Kitchen was having a pretty rough time outside of the comics. While 20th Century Fox no doubt envisioned creating an entirely new superheroic movie franchise on top of the Mark Steven Johnson directed and Ben Affleck starring Daredevil film, audiences had other plans. 
Today, that piece of 2003 cinema isn't exactly thought of in regards to the best examples of comic book cinema. Instead, people are more likely to associate it with the likes of Batman and Robin than with something like X2 or Spider-Man. While the character was enjoying a career-making run in the comics from writer Brian Michael Bendis and artist Alex Maleve, executives at 20th Century Fox were having a difficult time figuring out exactly how to make Daredevil work on screen. On paper, the film was a success, making just over $179 million at the international box office on a $78 million budget, but audience reaction was tepid at best. Indeed, Daredevil's box office haul was a far cry from Brian Singer's X-Men or Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, and its critical reception currently stands at a 44% approval rating from critics on Rotten Tomatoes, with the audience approval rating actually sitting lower at 35%. Kind of unusual. Still, the relative lack of success for the Daredevil film didn't preclude another medium from being able to take advantage of the character or his world effectively, and it wasn't long before fans were let in on the fact that Ol' Hornhead would be getting a new adaptation in the form of a solo, dedicated video game experience to release sometime in the early 2000s for the sixth generation of consoles, Microsoft's Xbox, Nintendo's GameCube, and Sony's PlayStation 2. Unlike today, where you'll scarcely find a Marvel Comics-based video game on anything other than an iOS or Android device, the early 2000s certainly were a period for Marvel to be a bit more confident about their characters' overall presence in the console gaming space. Well-received titles from the previous generation, like the N64 and PS1 game Spider-Man, as well as the relatively recent X-Men Next Dimension, showed that the characters could give rise to a solid video game, and even the original Spider-Man movie game developed by Treyarch, now famous for their entries in the Call of Duty series, and published by Activision, showed that even a movie game could be reasonably playable. The rights for a dedicated console-based Daredevil game were eventually acquired by a video game publisher called Encore, who then enlisted developer 5000 Feet Games to actually create a new, third-person game adapting the man without fear and his world into the realm of video games. The characters' appearances in games were relatively limited at the time, with only a movie tie-in for the Game Boy Advance serving as Daredevil's only solo game appearance by this point in time. The first time that Matt Murdock was ever digitized came in the form of a cameo in 1995's Spider-Man Venom's Separation Anxiety, the sequel to the widely praised Maximum Carnage for the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo. He also briefly appeared in the PS1 and N64 Spider-Man game, but by 2003, that was basically it. Developer 5000 Feet was also relatively inexperienced, never having published a video game until 2006's Stacked with Daniel Negronu, a poker game released on the PS2, Xbox, and PC in 2006 based off of the titular professional championship poker player. Daredevil would have been their first major foray into the third-person action game genre, and it's pretty safe to say that they already had a slight leg up by having access to the Daredevil license. Sometime prior to 2002, Encore and 5000 Feet began working in earnest on the eventual Daredevil project, crafting a game that looked to be very ambitious. It would have featured at least a partially open world with random crimes for the Crimson Hero to put a stop to, along with various bosses to take down along the way. 
The combat in the game would have been a combination of ground-based and the famous acrobatics that Daredevil is known for in the comics, as well as the incorporation of his superhuman extrasensory perception. At the Electronics Entertainment Expo in 2002, Encore and 5,000 Feet premiered a short gameplay trailer for Daredevil which gave fans their first look at the game's aesthetic presentation and gameplay mechanics. It still looks pretty rough around the edges in development, but it certainly looked promising. Although it's nearly impossible to tell how the game would have played, Encore and 5,000 Feet definitely put their best foot forward in the trailer by showing some very dynamic combat-based action, as well as what could be interpreted today as a prototype version of the detective mode that's used in the Batman Arkham games in a way that tries to depict how Daredevil's senses could have worked in the context of a third-person action game. The overall mode of play as seen in the trailer actually looks a fair amount like Treyarch's original Spider-Man movie game, but with better locomotion, granted by Daredevil's specially designed baton and grappling hook. Also appearing in the trailer were well-known Daredevil supporting characters like Elektra, along with the villainous Bullseye. Also coming out of E3 was an official synopsis for the game, which reads, Encore is bringing Marvel's Man Without Fear to consoles for the first time. Players slip into the role of the lead character and set out on a mission to find his kidnapped friend, Foggy. As players explore more than 22 stages based on locations from the comic book, they slowly uncover the connection between the appearance of Elektra, his ex-lover, and the murder of the Kingpin, the notorious leader of New York's crime syndicate. Daredevil can use unique weapons like his radar sense, billy club, and a grapple hook. In addition to a set storyline, randomized crimes that occur throughout Hell's Kitchen keep things fresh and unpredictable. Things were taken a step further when, as I alluded to earlier, Marvel began running print ads for the game in their entire active publication line, promising that the game would come to the Xbox, PS2, and GameCube in, quote, 2004. Ultimately, that estimated release year came and went without the game hitting store shelves, having done so for a number of reasons. In late May of 2004, buried in the pages of a corporate quarterly finance report, the Navare Corporation, parent company of the publisher Encore, simply stated that production on the Daredevil game was cancelled. Navare chairman and CEO Eric Paulson is quoted in the report saying, quote, Included in our results is our management decision to shut down the development of Encore's video game console projects, which primarily consisted of the Daredevil video game project, end quote. So what was the actual reason? Well, Navare decided to instead refocus the efforts of Encore as strictly a game publisher, as they were working as both a publisher and a developer on Daredevil. The news didn't exactly come as much of a surprise in the gaming press, as IGN reporter David Adams stated in his story on the game's cancellation in 2004 that, quote, Very little of the title was ever seen, however, and has been all but presumed dead in recent months. Ultimately, 5,000 Feet would switch their focus entirely to browser-based poker games after the publication of their console-based poker game in 2006, and Encore now exists as a retail software company under the purview of a different parent company. As for Daredevil, perhaps his most notable video game appearances have been in the Marvel Ultimate Alliance series released between 2006 and 2009. He also cameoed in the great 2005 Punisher video game as Frank Castle's unwanted attorney, as well as in games like Lego Marvel Super Heroes and as a hell of a combatant in Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Still though, the character has yet to receive a solo, dedicated video game experience on consoles.
Perhaps the character's biggest reappearance in recent years has been his introduction into the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the form of the Netflix series Daredevil, overseen by Drew Goddard and starring actor Charlie Cox in the title role. If you haven't seen it yet, drop what you're doing and watch it. You'll be doing yourself a favor. So, going back to Nick's question that led to this whole endeavor, what do I think would make a good Daredevil game? Well, Nick, I actually think that Encore and 5,000 Feet were correct in going for the third-person action genre, a la Spider-Man, and now Batman. It may prove difficult for a developer to make a Daredevil game without being accused of aping an experience like Spider-Man's best games, especially given the character's penchant for acrobatics in his fighting and moving style. Much of what could set it apart, though, is tone. Also worth mentioning is that Telltale Games is slated to be developing some kind of video game experience based on a Marvel Comics property, and Daredevil could likely thrive pretty well in that kind of story-driven experience, especially if some of the celebrated works from writers like Frank Miller, Brian Michael Bendis, Ed Brubaker, or even Mark Wade were used as the basis. Daredevil presents a character with endless possibilities. Hopefully it won't be too much longer before we get to check out exactly what kind of video game the character could lend itself to, but until then, we'll just have to play the waiting game. I'm not seeking forgiveness for what I've done, Father. I'm asking forgiveness for what I'm about to do. That's going to do it for this brief look at the cancelled Daredevil video game. Of course, it's going to be impossible to go too far in depth since I can't actually play it, and nor can anyone else. But thank you for listening to this special Point One episode of Comics on Consoles. I hope you've enjoyed this brief look at a game that's never come to pass, and hopefully this is something we can continue to explore from time to time. In the meantime, issue number three is still actively being worked on, and it's my aim to have it made available to you before the month is out. Thank you for your patience, and I hope this little look at this game was enough to satisfy you until then. In the meantime, feel free to follow Comics on Consoles on Facebook and Twitter, as well as to subscribe to the show on Podbean or iTunes. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris Clow, and feel free to send any questions, comments, or suggestions to comicsonconsoles at gmail.com. Until next time, keep saving the world, gamers and comics fans. After all, the world needs people to continue to believe in heroes. Why not play one in a video game? Thanks for listening, take care, and we'll talk with you again soon. Thank you.